You know, I was thinking back, back into the dark ages when I was in college. And I remember that there was this odd little phenomenon that we would go through, this little dance that everybody on the quad seemed to do every time we left campus for a holiday and came back, especially over summer break, right? For the next few days, everyone you'd run into had this one phrase that would simply turn to you and say, hey, did you have a good break? And I always thought, how can you not have a good break? We're away from school, you know, we're away from work. It's a holiday. So a good break always puzzled me a little bit. And then several years later, I noticed that this oddity came back again. And I noticed many times since then, that same question altered just a little bit has been offered to me once again. And when I was first in the diaconate formation program, we'd come back to class after Holy Week. And it seemed to me as if I was back on that campus in Charleston, Illinois again. Because all my brother candidates would come up, and over that next hour or so that we were introducing ourselves again, always I would hear, hey, did you have a good Lent? And I thought, a good Lent? What is so good about giving up chocolate or pizza or beer or whatever it is? What's good in that? And now, of course, with the wisdom that comes from age and these gray hairs, I can now hear this question, and I realize that what we're asking is not, did you have a fun Lent? Because that's totally different. So just what is good about Lent, the season that we're entering into, and why do we so desperately need that good Lent in 2023? While I was reading, I found this saying from Pope Benedict XVI, and I really have come to appreciate it. He wrote to us, he said, Lent teaches us how to live the love of Christ in an even more radical way. Benedict was teaching us that Lent is far from the punishment that's been placed upon our shoulders. It's far from just giving up chocolate. It's nothing close to even picking up our cross that we must bear. It's not in the giving up. Lent's got a bad rap. So it's not the giving up that we need to focus on. It's that embrace. Lent is an embrace. If I think we understood Lent correctly, think of it like your great Aunt Mary at the family reunion, that one person who always wanted to talk to you a little closer, grab you in that embrace and hug you. Lent is God. Lent is Aunt Mary reaching out, dragging us in closer and tighter and tighter, holding us so tight that it would become difficult for us to see or to hear or to feel anything outside of the embrace, this moment, this Lent. Lent is that embracing of God into the relationship he desires with us. In our first reading, we witness again the story of his love as he creates Adam out of clay, and he quite literally breathes his love into him. As he shares his very life, that breath of God, it emanates our souls that we would better receive that love, that life, that promise. Lent is that invitation to simply respond to the breath of God. It's an invitation for us to breathe back into him everything that we are, everything that he created us to be. 
And yet precisely because of the honesty and the completeness of his love for us, God leaves us completely free to respond, to love him or to walk away, to turn into that embrace and hug him even tighter or to turn our backs on him, to lose trust in his promise. God leaves us free to reach for the apple. We have to understand that Jesus only allows the serpent to tempt him for our benefit, not his. He had no need of it. But he goes to such great lengths to show us yet again that we too, every one of us here, we have that same power, that same strength. We too have control over the serpent. The apostles were cast into the world and they cast out the serpents. Because of these baptismal waters, that power is within each of us. Jesus gave us all these things. He undergood all those temptations that we might learn to place our complete, unquestioning trust into that embrace. Jesus exhibits complete control over the devil, and with a word, with a command, he casts him aside. Now we have to do the same thing. In the second reading, St. Paul reminds us that at the very root of it all, the only options we have before us this day are quite simple. It's the garden or it's the apple. It's literally for us life or death. It's for us to choose. Every day, every moment that we are able to breathe, we are susceptible to those temptations. And within each one of those moments lies a moment when we have to make that choice. That moment when we choose again, this minute, between life and death, life within his embrace, or life forever removed from it because of our own desires. When we have a good Lent, it's us taking the time to ponder that love. Lent is simply our time. It's our time to choose. When we remain trusting in God's promise, when we remain trusting in his love, when we follow his will, we choose life. When we turn our back on him, when we reach for the apple, when we reach and choose the instant over the eternal, then we have to remember that it is we who made the choice. So often in the world, you get the question, if there's this big, loving, all-merciful, all-knowing God, why is there evil, war, abuse? That's not God's choice. That's ours. St. Paul does not beat around the bush. He simply tells us the wages of sin is death, spiritual death, eternal death. At the heart of each of the three temptations that Jesus faced and really at the heart of each temptation that we will face is one thing, it's trust. If we truly believe in the totality of God's love for us, we believe that we continue to exist only in and through and because of that love, then we can remain in his embrace. Our Father, at the moment of our conception, breathes himself into us. At our baptism here, he proclaims through the priest or the deacon, I claim you. 
And so when Satan comes to whisper his lies into our ears, when he comes to carry us up to that lofty peak that we desire, and he pledges that all of this can be yours if you'd only worship me, we have to pull on that trust. We have to realize that everything that he is offering us, because God loved us first, is already ours. God the Father has given everything to us when he gave us himself. And so, as Pope Benedict said, Lent teaches us to live in God radically by shouting out our yes to that invitation to his embrace, an invitation to simply love him, an invitation to pick up our cross and to follow him, an invitation to have a good Lent.